When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. Do you have your jade roller out? (laughs) I don't need it. I have so much going on. I went to bed at 2 a.m. yesterday. Mm -hmm. Woke up at 6.30. What were you doing until 2 a.m.? Watching Downton Abbey? I wish. No, I'm (laughs) done with Downton Abbey. You know what I started over the weekend? What? I restarted Grey's Anatomy because I dropped off of Grey's Anatomy (laughs) at season four or something because I just got tired of Meredith crying. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is getting boring. Agreed. Then I found out, I don't know why I was looking it up, but I found out that they are now on their 17th season. (laughs) I, I know. Seventeenth or something. They're Wait, coming I have a up question. Some... Didn't everybody die? I think there are like four of them left. <laughs> and everybody died. Christina died because she had to go kill Eve. She oh. had to go and killing Eve. So she died. Wait, Christina died? I thought she just left the show. No, so I was I was looking up Sandra O, oh, killing Eve, Sandra O, oh, because I love her hair. So I was like, yeah. it does she always have that curly big hair? Yeah. So I was looking that up and then Grace Anatomy popped up and then you know how Google has those questions underneath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had when which was the season that Yang died? And I was no! like, Yang died? I was like, what? <laughs> Yang died. Spoiler alert for our listeners. <laughs> I don't know. Now we're gonna get an angry message about <laughs> Spoiler Anatomy. alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Somewhere in that 17th season, 16, 17th season, Yang dies. <laughs> Oh, but no. apparently she dies. So I was like, damn it, they have 16 seasons and I stopped at season three. Does yeah, it get too. really better? So apparently Meredith Grey becomes the chief of surgery. Oh, wow. Good for so her. So it's like literally from internship to resident to chief. Okay. Surgeon to chief. So I was like, oh, that I can see that 17 years of that. Yeah. <laughs> I would expect her to do that. So I was like, I want to see what happened. So I'm like, I'm going to sit through this because I want to. This thing is still going. It's the longest running TV show. Mm. You know, so I'm like, uh, for for Shonda Rhimes. I'm for Shonda. Yeah, I stopped watching it. You remember when the season where there was like a cruise ship or something crashed? Yes, that's the season I stopped. Yeah, okay. Yeah, me too. Because I was so annoyed about the fact that there was like this huge disaster. Everybody came to. Literally, I saw that thing happened and I turned the TV off and <laughs> I said, said I'm enough. not watching that's enough <laughs> no so I watched that season and I watched until basically the big thing that season was that Meredith was in a coma and all this stuff was happening in the hospital but it Ooh. pissed me off that all of like the I entire that- entire fucking staff was worried about Meredith when you had a whole oh. hospital of victims of this crash, this cruise liner. And so I I was like, I've had enough of this show. And then I turned yeah, it off. Way too much. Of, I, I can understand Meredith being focused on Meredith. But the fact that everybody seems focused on Meredith is just too much. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, well, congratulations to your uh, restart of the Grey's Anatomy journey. So I did that on July 4th. Uh I watched first season, the whole of first season. Really living the American dream. Yes. And... And then I realized that I had put off so much work work and I started doing work and I started, you know, you know how you can use, you cannot come back and focus. So like all day yesterday, I was trying to focus and I couldn't. Uh-huh. And I finally got my focus at four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh my God, same. And then I started working on stuff. It was budget and numbers and all that. So I was going doing that. And once I got into it, I didn't even realize it was before I knew it, it was 10 o'clock. Then I was like trying to put some things together, print it mm. out. By the time I was done, it was 12 o'clock. And then I went up to bed and I was so strung out that I didn't go to sleep until 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But because I went to bed late, my daughter had got into my, my bed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to drag. She's too big now. I cannot carry her. <laughs> I have to drag, wake her up, and then push her. Yeah, and drag in that situation, her I just room. sleep in her bed. Exactly. So I did that, but her room gets gets the sun first. Oh God! Five forty-five, six. I was wide awake because the sun was shining on my face. I got a lot done, but I still have a lot on my plate. This week is going to be super busy. I want to get everything done by Friday when you show up. Oh, that's right. So I want to finish everything so I am not stressed out during the weekend. Yeah. I can eat my cheese in peace. (laughs) Well, I've been, I'm not going to lie, listeners, listeners, friends, listeners. Doston. Doston. Yaro. I'm a little stressed out. Okay. I'm a very. You're surprisingly sensitive for a no bullshit person oh my god because it's it's bullshit that i'm no bullshit that's what it is yeah i like to say that i'm a radical empath but mm. sometimes that can be um what is a radical can... empath i thought i was an empath and then i took a personality test and it said that i'm not i don't care and i have to <laughs> i have to be more empathetic and i was oh, like no. really i thought i'd like super empathetic i take on everyone's pain and i'm suffering here <laughs> No, so I I like to think of myself as a radical empath, but sometimes that can be, it can be a little bit, I can feel cornered by it because Mm. I, even if 50 people are in a room telling me that I did something well, if I hurt one person, I Mm -hmm. really carry that on me. And so anyway, all this is to preface that the last episode that we posted where we talked about Real Housewives, we did talk Mm -hmm. about Ebony's Harlem night dinner. Mm -hmm. And we released the episode on Saturday morning. We recorded on Thursday. And by the time that we were recording, literally as we were recording, all of these things were happening on social media where Brian Moylan wrote a one-star review of the episode. He was okay with what he was saying until he said some deeply problematic things. Mm-hmm. To which then Ebony responded because she has the right to respond to mm-hmm. something that obviously means a lot to her. Yeah. Um, and then Ira Madison the third responded mm-hmm. as well. And I yeah. think that there was a lot of sort of chatter on social media in reaction to the dinner that Ebony posted, right? And mm-hmm. rightfully, there are people of color, specifically Black people, who feel really sensitive to when non-Black people criticize the way that a Black person chooses to talk about their own history, right? Mm-hmm. So let's start with that. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely totally valid. And uh, I can go fuck myself because it doesn't matter what I think. But I believe it is valid that a black person would feel sensitive to the way that 
the audience, especially in a country that is built on white supremacy, the audience of an American television show reacts to a black person sharing black history. Yeah. That is a sensitive topic. You know, where history, black history has been long ignored yes. and brushed aside. Yes, right. especially so that, when black yeah. history has been yeah. long ignored and brushed aside. I can understand why black consumers of that show could feel sensitive mm-hmm. and kind of protective mm-hmm. of how that information is received. I can totally understand that because hello, when even when Family Karma was coming out, you and I talked about how worried we were. We were so nervous about it. About how these things were going to be depicted. We are always also about how this particular group of Indians was going to present our culture. Exactly. To the rest of the world. We understand that sensitivity and we understand Mm -hmm. the criticism to that kind of criticism. It makes yeah. sense. So mm-hmm. long story short, really, uh, actually long story longer. Yeah. We had a <laughs> listener reach out to us and say that they were deeply disappointed with the way that we were talking about Ebony and mm-hmm. how they felt that we were telling a black woman, quote unquote, how she should black. Yeah. Um, during a time that was very sensitive, talking about issues that was very sensitive. She felt mm-hmm. that we were allies until there's suddenly a disconnect and mm-hmm. we're not. Yeah. We we posted on our Instagram and we also posted our response to that which was that we're sorry for disappointing you. And that was mm-hmm. definitely not our intention, but we also understand that we have to honor how somebody else receives what we are saying yeah. and honor their feelings for it. So we honor that. Yeah. Take your time. I know you have better words than I do. So one of the things, so let me take the part where, so I did go back and listen to what our episode is because I wanted to specifically look at what did I say that I should have been much more careful with my words on. And one of the things that did strike me was the part where I was saying that Ebony should have presented the information in a different way. And I can see how that would be offensive because I cannot be telling a black woman how to talk about her history. That is not my place to say where I can, however, tell you where my, uh, where I was coming from was from the point of view of I'm a nerd (laughs) I like to nerd out and go <laughs> deep into issues and I don't stop with the most superficial and I try I go very deep into my subject matter and that can sometimes just flow on top of people it goes over their heads it doesn't really land as ebony asked right and i think ebony yeah. sort of sensed it that which is why she asked leah that question it doesn't land when there are people who are not quite receptive to it yeah so and i don't know when to stop so i saw myself in that moment and that's where i was coming from is that i need in my in my field of work I have to tell myself and others like me to simplify. You know, I'm a scientist by training, so I have to simplify the science so everybody can understand and every person in every walk of life can understand what I'm talking about. And yeah. that is th- that is where I was coming from, was that it could be presented a different way. I did not mean to say that she should present her history and her experience in a different way. That is not what I meant to say, mm-hmm. but that is what I ended up saying. And for that, I do apologize. So that... I can see how that could have been triggering to folks who have been told not to talk about their history. Yeah, for sure. So I can definitely see that. Yeah. 
I also feel that if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you know that we're hypercritical of anybody who is super produced, who's overproduced or trying too hard or is boring. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's really important to recognize with Ebony is who she is, right? Ebony Mm -hmm. is, she's a journalist. She is. She's She's a lawyer. Yeah, she's She's a a talker. She's, you know, she... She said this on the show multiple times. This is who she is. This is who she is. Exactly. She said that on the show multiple times. This is who I am. This is my life. Mm -hmm. This is all I'm about. In her whole career has been about, especially with what she does on, she keeps saying what she does on Fox News and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Her whole thing is talking about black history. I mean, she wrote this in the Medium piece Mm -hmm. that where she responded to Brian she said, you know, this is who I am. You mm-hmm. keep Brian Moylan said something super fucked up, which was like, oh, people are only going to care about things that offend you if they actually care about you after they get to know you, which is like a super yeah. insane thing to say. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. Brian, a person should not only care about black issues if they know black people. They should right. care about issues that happen to all human beings, regardless of whether or not they personally Correct. know them. Right. So that was super fucked up. And I understand Ebony responding to that because that was insane. But I also think that Ebony has, like, if you notice a couple of things, right? Like when she was at at that little fake pageant they did, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody was like, oh, why is she being so serious with this, you know, Mm -hmm. Miss City Hall thing? Mm -hmm. And she was channeling the first ever beauty queen who was black. Yeah. Yeah. And so Ebony is really taking to this platform that she has, Real Houses of New York, and yeah. she's taking on this these big shoes that nobody else except Bravo has really told her to fill. Yeah. She's now been asked to fill these big shoes of the first black housewife on Real Housewives of New York, historically yeah. like the most right. beloved franchise of right. the housewives. Yeah. She's been asked to fill these shoes. And so it's quite an undertaking that she's taking on. And yeah. I think her approach with it is what I have a problem with as a viewer of housewives yeah is that she's taken it on as role as like a historic figure herself Mm -hmm. she has now made history being the first black woman on real houses of new york so she's now had to fill these really big shoes which i think is unfair that bravo has put her in that position but i also think that we should not be critiquing her with her presentation of black history what we should be critiquing her on is her presentation as a housewife Yes. Like we saw the conversation she's having with Leah Mm -hmm. where Leah's like, you don't have to be this person. You don't have Mm -hmm. to be this person that constantly educates us. And you don't have to make everything a teachable moment. Yeah. And we were simply God strike us dead agreeing (laughs) with Leah. Yes. Which is where we went wrong in the first place. Which is where. That's where we got into trouble that we agreed with Leah. (laughs) We should never damn it agree with Leah. (laughs) She's she's the problematic one there. My my criticism of that night was never to say that she should be off the show. I absolutely don't think she should be. I think she's doing mm-hmm. actually a great job on the show. I just we actually want to know more about her. I think the disconnect that we're seeing here is a sort of the same disconnect that we saw in Dallas, which was on a day to day basis in the real world. Would these women actually be friends with somebody like Ebony? Mm-hmm. I actually do think that Sonia would be friends with somebody like Ebony, which is that mm-hmm. why why that friendship is so realistic. But I mm-hmm. don't believe that Ebony or Ramona would be friends with each other. Ramona mm-hmm. is we forget Ramona's like sixty five years old. She's yeah. 
an old white lady. And I'm not saying that old white ladies can't change, but she's a real fucking dinosaur. Yeah. So my criticism of Ebony does never, ever, ever meant to come from a place of how she should present her black history because who the fuck am I? Mm -hmm. It truly just comes from how is she as a housewife? Yeah. How is she as a housewife? And I always believe... But also, for me, it comes from the point of, like, Ebony, you're so much above all of that. You're... Yeah. And, yeah, and I feel like you're wasting your time. Yes. That's where I come from. Yes. Like, let Ramona be. She will dig her own grave. You don't have to push it. You don't have to push her to dig that grave. You don't yes, have to ask exactly. her Yes, exactly. Leave her alone, and it, the racism will flow through, and you can respond to it. Yes. I think what I feel bad for is, that, like, she's having to fill these really big shoes. She's taken on this role of almost this historical figure herself because mm -hmm. now she's made history. And she's now talking to people who are beneath her. Like, right. You... Uh, it's exactly. actually it's actually uncomfortable, right? The same way you said it's uncomfortable for you as a nerd to watch another nerd nerd out and go, "Ugh, girl, nobody's paying attention to you anymore because you've been in that position." In yeah. that same way, it's hard for me to watch somebody so brilliant have to sit mm -hmm. there and talk to a bunch of fucking idiots who aren't even paying attention. Right. I think that's the part that's hard to watch. Somebody as smart as Ebony sit there and have to interact with these people who clearly are not listening and clearly don't care. Or maybe they do care in Ebony. Like Ramona, to some degree, I think it's getting through her head, whether it's performative or whatever. But mm -hmm. more than anything, it's just hard to watch somebody talk to a bunch of people who just don't care. Right. That's why the episode was difficult for me. And we said it in ways that were... We said it wrong. That's, we said that's it wrong. on us. That's on us. And yeah, then we, it's on... we have to be much more careful about yes, how we speak. Exactly. But and that's something we'll, we'll have to watch up. We'll yes. have to watch each other. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of our allyship journey is to make sure that we do. We do learn from this and more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we will always... We will continue to criticize any housewife that we feel is overproduced. We mm -hmm. will continue to criticize any housewife that we find boring, but mm -hmm. you'll never really hear me and Arthi calling for a housewife to get off the show unless they do something absolutely egregious. Like, yeah. you know, like the people that we wanted off Bravo were the racists in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. But even somebody as boring like fucking, we think Kyle is super boring. Yeah. But we're never going to ask for Kyle to not be on the show because I think we'd lose Kathy. <laughs> But also, you know, who would buy the hats? Who would buy the hats? Who wears hats? Who would bring the bangs? Yeah. How would we know what the status of Halloween 7 or whatever the fuck movie she's making R is? Right. What would Mauricio and PK do then? Yeah, we'd lose Mauricio and PK if we got rid of yeah. Kyle. But anyway, our yeah. point is, even if we're criticizing a housewife, we don't think that they should be off the show unless they do something super egregious. So anyway... All that being said, we apologize for hurting your feelings. Not We're not going to do a housewives apology where we say, if we hurt your feelings, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. We actually apologize for saying things that were triggering because we didn't think mm -hmm. it through. Yeah. And we're going to work on it. Are you feeling better now? Because you were, you, you, <laughs> this really bothered you. Because I didn't see that message for a while. Uh -huh. I was so busy. I didn't see it. And then I saw it and I saw your response and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> She's having a breakdown. I'm not even there to help her. 
<laughs> I need to call her. Yeah, you know, I think it's because it's because um I know, no, that's because you're a nice person. No, and that's I mean, okay. I'm fine. I'm not really that nice. But True. but uh, <laughs> but you know, just because it's on me because I think that I try really, really hard not to say dumb mm-hmm. fucking shit, but even mm-hmm. I say dumb fucking shit. And you know what? The, the the person who wrote to us said one thing that I think was actually really important, which was, mm-hmm. I'm going to pull it up. She said something which I thought was important because it, it, it's a reminder to not just myself, but to anybody listening who considers themselves to be an ally. She said, it's truly revealing that a lot of non-Black podcasters are truly unaware of the Black experience. No matter how hard y'all try to be allies, there will always be a disconnect. That just doesn't click that surfaces at one point or another. I think that's, that's important, right? That's because important and that's true. And and I think it's okay to have the disconnect as long as you have black podcasters who can connect those dots. Yes. And that's where we need to support that because not everything has to come from a non-black voice. Yes. It doesn't always have to come from a non-black voice. Mm-hmm. In fact, you it should come from a black voice. This type of criticism is definitely better suited for black voices to talk about. But if we ever overstep yeah. our bounds or ever talk about things that are triggering, that's why we want you to let us know. If we do say something, that mm-hmm. ends up being a disconnect. Right. Because that's where the learning comes from when you that's share That's where that. the learning comes from. And it's yeah. not necessary for the person. I mean, I don't even know if the person that wrote us is ever going to listen to us again. They said they're not, which is fine. Yeah. They don't I, I, They don't owe us yeah. anything. So they don't want to yeah. listen to us. That's totally fine. But if they are listening, I hope that the thing that they do take away is that you're absolutely right. We are not Black and we... Where there will be a disconnect, and it's also important for us to be aware of the disconnect and see how it impacts people of color who we say that we're allies to. Mm-hmm. Because then otherwise there's never going to be any growth. Yeah. I don't know yeah. everything. Yeah. I'm going to save that last part. I don't know everything. And send it to Fahad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's probably had that saved somewhere else, <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> um. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so that's that. I do feel better. I just, you know, I hope that people, I hope that if you're listening to us, like you've stuck around because you like talking to us and you think of us as like your friends in your ears because we're not experts. We're just two women having various types of midlife crises talking about housewives. I'm at peak midlife crisis this week. You think so? Yeah. I think this is, this is peak. I might just shave my head or something like that. You don't. Please don't. I'll <laughs> I'll make sure that you don't. Okay. I will not only because I know what my skull looks like and it's uneven. I have a flat top of my head. Mm. So I'd look terrible if I shaved my head. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about what we're talking about today, which is married to medicine. Yes. If people have forgotten that <laughs> happened some time ago, two weeks ago. It, two weeks ago. We thought that there was going to be a part two this week, but for the the July 4th break, there was no new content. No. It was married to medicine reunion part one. Okay, mm-hmm. let's talk about this situation with Toya and Anila. Mm-hmm. So Toya and Anila at the reunion are still not friends. Mm-hmm. They bring up the issue of this unpaid hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to point out something, okay? Mm-hmm. Anila says, I paid the person. I paid this hairdresser. She pulls mm-hmm. out receipts. Mm-hmm. And Toya shows text messages where this mm-hmm. this hairdresser sent a message to Anila mm-hmm. telling her, I can't keep chasing after you for the money, but this is how much it is. 
Mm-hmm. Now, when they showed that message, I looked at the date. The date was yeah. August 4th or 5th when he sent that text message. Okay. They went to the March on Washington on August 28th. And I only know that because I'm a narcissist and it's my birthday. <laughs> so on August 28th, Anila is sitting in a bus with Toya mm-hmm. complaining that the hairdressers ask for money right away. Mm-hmm. The hairdresser sent a message on August 4th saying, or 5th, saying, you still haven't paid me. Yeah. So while Anila is waving receipts saying, I paid, I paid, I paid, Toya's trying to say, you didn't pay them on time. Yeah. And that's what's fucked up. Right. Now let me tell you something. You can't listen, Anila. Listen, Behna, sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't get on the show and boast about your $3 million fucking house and not Correct. pay a hairdresser Three hundred and seventy-five fucking dollars, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. also bitch about Lisa Nicole not paying you two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. What are you doing? Yeah, is she living in a way where she makes money on an Instagram post? Is when she will pay people. Yeah, what's your cash the- flow? Like, what is what is your what's cash happening? flow? Is she trying to keep her business separate from her regular money? Is that the condition on which? Her husband has said, you can do your side business, but you need to not dig into our finances because I'm already building you a $3 million house. Well, okay, here's the other I, thing. I don't quite understand. Or oh, she's just cheap. I don't understand it. Well, Anila, so Anila was cast as a famous fashion blogger, okay? Mm-hmm. And since joining the show, she now has almost 70,000 followers. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but that's since joining the show. When she joined the show, she didn't really have that many followers where no, I when, would think- when they told me that she was joining, I looked her up and it wasn't many followers. So how was she famous then? I don't know. Does yeah, she, do she had like just like maybe 10,000. Did she do any desi clothes? Is that what it is? No, she did all all clothes. But yeah. at the time that she joined the show or was, you know, hired to be on the show or whatever, she didn't have that many followers. So this whole concept that like Anila is this like famed fashion blogger, like, no, mm. I don't think so. I think she had like a pretty fucking basic Instagram profile. The only reason mm. she got cast on it is because Toya likely told them that she would be a good addition and so she Her got husband to be was on the a show. doctor and they were moving into Toya's neighborhood. That was it. That was that the only was reason. It. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I found it to be very strange. I found the whole makeup to be very odd. It felt mm. a little phony to me. I just, this reunion made me think yeah. a lot of the shit is produced. In that argument, I, I felt like Toya was the more authentic person there. I believed Toya before I believed Anila. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, don't apologize for no. that. I agree with no. you. Yeah. Later on, they bring bring Quad on the stage, and we start to talk about this emoji fight that Quad and Heavenly had, right? <laughs> and Simone says something, because I think I know what she's implying. She's like, yeah. Quad, you're known to hold a grudge. How mm-hmm. quickly you guys forgave each other was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. which tells me that Simone is trying to say, you guys – conjured up drama to have a storyline on the show but i don't think you guys were actually really fighting with each other Ooh, ooh, interesting that i think that's what well simone was saying by yeah. the way simone looked horrendous okay so, let's okay. talk about simone's dress let's simone talk why would you do that to yourself the hair the, dress, the, the hair you know what you reminded me of 
I mean, we didn't watch OC last season, but do you remember last season's OC reunion outfit that Shannon Bedore wore, where she looked like some sort of a futuristic? She was wearing this white dress. Hold on, hold on. Look it up for a second. Just look up Shannon Bedore white white reunion dress. Oh, with the white Simone's dress looked like. Okay, no, it's not what Simone's dress looked like, but it was just as poorly of like a retro job like Simone's hair and makeup and the way that like she was sort of styled reminded me of like somebody being like you're gonna look really cool and retro slash futuristic Simone Mm -hmm. and instead she just looked really dated and bizarre it's like the same thing that means Shannon's was like next level but it that's what it reminded me of I was like what am I looks like a Milk bar, milk carton. <laughs> she looks no, like a box. Carton. She looks like a milk <laughs> carton. She looks like so boxy. I can't wait for her, that psychopath to be back on TV with Heather <laughs> Yeah. Did you, see, see, did you see famously racist Kelly Dodd? Did you see that she had to put a statement out because she got <laughs> a legal? What? She got a legal, le- some sort of letter from a lawyer. From the Dubrow family, because Ooh. she was so a couple weeks ago, she was getting a fucking COVID COVID vaccine. Okay, with Rick Leventhal, oh, her really? husband, and she said uh, Dubrow's son gave them COVID. Yes, at New Year's Eve. But Kelly posted mm-hmm. today a statement reading reading a statement about the the statement that she said about mm-hmm. Heather's son saying mm-hmm. that no actually he did not and what what I first she said it was actually a joke people thought I was serious but it was a joke but uh-huh. also we had information that led us to believe that he gave it to us I was like okay Kelly what? but she had to read this whole statement saying that she didn't mean it and I was like you know what Heather Dubrow basically forced her to go on yeah. camera and show her ass which is yeah. really the power of Heather Dubrow like you're not even on the show yet yeah and, and you're, you're already making ready. Kelly like you know grovel and like do her shit. So anyway, I appreciated that. But anyway, the, the reunion dresses were like usually they have a theme or a color. I know Marital Medicine doesn't do that. They let them dress, however. Yeah. But it was like Simone Everybody came in a whole crazy. other thing. Everybody looked like extra crazy. Contessa looked good in her swan like white. Yeah, because she looks, she is fit. That's she's why. so hot. Yeah, she's so hot. That's why. But in her swan dress, and then uh, what's her name? Uh, Toya was all poofy in her purple. Toya and Anila both look bananas. They look bananas. With it was they could barely walk, and they kept making them get up and go walk <laughs> over and hug. Anila could barely keep her legs together and walk. Toya kept like dragging every but everything behind her. Yeah, it was bizarre. I quad and uh, Heavenly were okay, but Heavenly had this big bow that went from the top to the bottom like that. It was just too much of bling. And and, and then, look, I don't even remember what Jackie wore because I was Jackie I was wore okay. some. No, Jackie was the odd one. She wore like a lemon yellow green. <laughs> that was, you know that she thing. loves the lemon squeeze. I know. She wore something like a lemon green, lime green dress that was full arm. She sat next to Andy and she looked completely out of place. She and mm. Simone looked completely out of place. Yeah. It, it was, was just yeah, weird. Was and cool. Simone's hair with the the ponytail coming <laughs> from the top. It was like a waterfall. Yeah, it was like remember being a kid and having your mom put your pony on top of your head? Yeah. In our Hindu god, there's Shiva and he has Ganges coming from his hair. That's what it looked like. <laughs> well, speaking of the Ganges, mm-hmm. can we talk about the set? Or they're like, this is a replica of the National Mall. What? what? 
Yeah. <laughs> From where? How? I know. I know. They Andy. just had these marble, uh, they had this mar <laughs> replica marble columns and steps. <laughs> and, they took, and that was it. And then they took like an inflatable pool and <laughs> 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 some, some wood around the edges. I was like, I you know. guys are making the set design people work way too fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, they made a rectangular uncomfortable pool in the middle it looked like stephanie holman's dumb pool in the middle yes. of the foyer. <laughs> and it was so hard for them to walk around and interact with each other and then he made them get up and there was like an eagle a peace eagle <laughs> on the corner and like random and cherry blossoms <laughs> in one corner i'm like uh. also I'm glad, I but i'm also glad that they did that for these ladies and they did not soil potomac with that set you I wonder know. if the there cherry blossoms. Peak. There might be a repeat. They might the cherry blossoms will show up again for the hundred percent. They're going to be like, remember my... those cherry blossoms? From... Bring them back. <laughs> Bring back the cherry blossoms. Also, I understand putting people apart when it's for COVID and everything. Yeah. But if you're having all these women get up and hug each other in their uncomfortable dresses they around this inflatable well pool, sit them on a fucking couch. Yeah. They all have vaccinated. You know that for a fact. Why yeah. don't you just let them sit on the couch? I wrote again, which is funny. I wrote this down in my notes because this was my line about Toya when mm -hmm. the season started, which is what's going on with Toya. Mm -hmm. Now we find out why know. she's supposedly selling her house. It's because mm -hmm. she wants to be closer to her children's school and she wants to make the million dollars in the in the resale. Yeah, in the, the resale, which is the smart thing to do. But I I think there's a little bit of not wanting to be in the neighborhood. To yeah, and I think that she may have rubbed too many people the wrong way in the neighborhood and now she needs mm -hmm. to leave. But the big thing that happened in the episode was Contessa. Contessa starts to talk about her marriage mm -hmm. or she doesn't really talk about it. She starts to bring it. They start to bring it up and Quad tells everybody because Contessa tells her to mm -hmm. that Contessa has filed for a separation. Separation. And yeah. at the same time, the men are watching in the green room. And and, he, and Scott has just walked in. And Scott does not know that Contessa she's has gonna, done this. Or does he not know? Or does he not know that she's going to share it on, on national TV? I believe what they're implying is that Scott does not know at all that she wow. has filed this. And that they've never talked about it this way. <gasps> and she's gone and done this big thing. Oh, which is real juicy. Yep. 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 Now, do you think she should have done it that way? Or is that unfair to Scott? Or is it? I don't know. It is. It's It's also confusing. I understand what Jackie was saying, which is we hear about your relationship with Scott. Mm -hmm. But then we also see you on vacation with him. Yeah. And it sends mixed signals because we don't quite know how to react to it. It kind Can of reminds me of like, yeah. Can you imagine how her kids must feel then? Yeah, it's This bizarre. must be very confusing for the kids too. It is because as much as I want to believe that like even with my kids, if I put up a good face and we all do family shit, uh -huh. my kids can tell when me and my husband are annoyed with each other. Yeah, absolutely. They're, and they're seven and four. Her yeah. kids are older. So yeah. like – you know, I think I think that that is a little bit confusing, but I, I also... think she's trying to protect them by being like, oh, when we go on vacation, we're not going to stop you. We're not going to not go on a vacation because mommy and daddy are fighting. You yes. guys have promised you a vacation, so we're going to go and we're going to put a um, smile on our faces and be there for you. But that's what she's trying to do for her kids. She's like, I still have to make sure that they are OK. So that's what she means that I have to do that. But 
I also think that that doesn't necessarily help too much because it actually makes it worse for the kids because it's even more confusing. Yeah. And as somebody who actually grew up in a house like that, we're mm-hmm. like, my parents would argue with each other or there mm-hmm. would be, you know, drama in my mom's family or my dad's family or whatever. And we would know about it, but then my mm-hmm. parents would put on a happy face and we would never get a resolution about what happened, but we definitely saw them bickering. Yeah. It actually creates a created another level of confusion. It anxiety realize- too because you don't know what's happening. Yeah, but uh, it creates another level of confusion that I wasn't aware was bleeding into how I navigated relationships Correct. until I got much older. Yes. Yes. So- you don't even realize what you're going through. No. When that is happening. Yeah. You start child. navigating my parents your were life. the same way. Yeah, my- you navigate your life then the way your parents did, which is yes. like if your parents yes. are doing a fucked up thing, you start exactly. doing fucked up things, which yes. is where you start putting on a happy face even though you're miserable inside because you mm-hmm. want to make the people around you happy. Mm-hmm. And then you end up realizing that you're hurting yourself. I mean, Contessa is actually doing that to herself. Yeah, She's yeah. not dealing with the issue with her marriage because she wants to protect her kids. Yeah. And she probably feels a lot of guilt for like leaving to go do stuff. She probably feels a lot of guilt for like, well, I left and Scott took over and I should be grateful for that. I I think the issue with Contessa, she doesn't quite feel secure in who she is enough to allow a balance in her relationships. I think I think Contessa wants to be 100 percent mom, 100 percent wife, 100 percent doctor that, that 100% is so, everything that is so all of us though it is but i think until right? you realize that you can't do those things a hundred percent until you realize that sometimes some things are just gonna have to get less and you have to be okay with it mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. you realize that then i think you start to get to a better place with yourself yeah otherwise yeah, you just yeah. beat yourself up for not being a hundred percent you know right right and you get depressed like I do sometimes. And then I'm like, fuck it. Nothing's going to get done. And I'm going to curl up into a ball and perhaps yeah. watch 17 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Ah, <laughs> uh, is that what's happening with me? <laughs> I don't think that's what's happening with me. No, I don't think I'm that's just... what's happening with you. I, but mm-hmm. that has happened to me. Okay. Yeah. There might may or may not have been a reason why I consumed eight years of Marvel in six days, guys. Yeah. It's called depression. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, that's it for Married to Medicine Reunion Part 1. Mm-hmm. The season started off so good and then it just kind of like fizzled away into something I didn't quite understand. Yeah. I think this is there. You know how all the shows go through five years of good five, good five years and then they have to shake it up a little bit and then they have a bad year or two and then they come back. I feel yeah, like this I mean, is there. This right. is the bad this is year. To me. medicine's bad year, I'll still take it. It's better than the lost seasons of Rehasa's. Correct. Of you know? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll still accept it. But overall, we hope you like this episode. We hope you still listen to it. This is what I'm going to keep saying this. I hope you I hope you don't hate me. What? But they can hate me? What? You didn't say hate us. No. <laughs> You're like, just me. Don't hate me. You know, one thing I just want to say is that if at any point I said anything that implied that I think that any woman on this show or on any show on Bravo, any woman on Bravo. Anywhere in the universe. 
anywhere in the universe actually should be making themselves small so that white people feel better about themselves. If that, if you ever got that implication for me, please know that that is not what I meant because no. that is one thing that I try to actively work on in myself. The, 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 even when like people say, why do you watch housewives? It's like trash or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's trash. But I actually think that there's something really fun to take away from it, which is that every single person on Housewives is unapologetically who they are. Correct. And Ebony Williams is unapologetically who she is. Yeah. Even if she's nerding out and we see ourselves in her, Mm -hmm. the thing that we don't want is for her to make herself smaller for the comfort of any other person. Absolutely. If anything, we just want her to be respected and to be given respect on camera the way we think that she deserves, which unfortunately, none of the women in New York, maybe Sonia, maybe, maybe Sonia. Leah. Yeah, yeah. Leah, they're not going to do. Yeah. They're not going to do. No. Leah has so. her own agenda for in my in my mind she has her own agenda. I think Sonia yeah, is the truth, only one that's open. Leah's a sore subject in my mind when it comes to Ebony. It's a relationship I don't understand mm-hmm. that really kind of uh confuses me. Mm-hmm. And I think that it I think that there's a more compelling story to be told when you see somebody like Ebony have a best friendship with somebody like Leah who has Mm -hmm. really polarizing views about the world, about voting, about feminism, about uh, fucking cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. She has very strong polarizing views. And I think it's actually more interesting to watch somebody like Ebony talk to someone with views like that and try to make them understand why what they believe could be dangerous. Because we already know that a 60-some-year-old dinosaur like Ramona, what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. We lived through four years of it. Yeah. But I think that what we also need to understand is what faux progressives like Leah, when you bolster them, how dangerous it could be, That's that to me is more compelling. And hopefully we get to see that in another season with Emony on TV. Who knows? Yeah. But that's that's the that on that. That's the that. And I think we should leave it at that. And then we we will leave it at that. So we will talk (laughs) to you. Uh, to talk about family karma on Friday. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.